0: Hello and welcome, welcome to, to the Regroup, Regroup Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Walker. Today on the show, my guests, that's right, two guests, are Jagen and Eve, aka Kallus Intilla or and Merkaba, Merkaba, and Eve Illusion. Jagen and Eve are performers, Jagen is an incredible music producer and Eve is a theatre performer. Uh, If you've listened to the introduction for Regroup podcast, I tell tell the the story story of of being in Melbourne while my children were in far northern Queensland while Cyclone Yasi was looming. One way that I got through that experience was by listening listening to Jagen's music. Uh, when he released the Merkaba album Awaken Awaken. it provided significant resources, knowledge and insight for me to be able to get through such a harrowing experience and so Yegan was invited to actually be the headlining performer at the The Regroup Regroup. Festival that I put on as a fundraising event for Cyclone Yasi to have him on the podcast therefore is incredibly significant and to be able to also have his partner eve was just an amazing experience that i cherish so much i caught up with these guys at earth frequency festival 2019. so i attended the festival and we pre-arranged to get together because we knew that we'd all be on site at the same place And we organised to get together to to record this conversation. Uh, It can be difficult to catch up with performers in the middle of a festival space. And uh, it was pretty incredible incredible how this all happened. We converged and there were some technical difficulties, but it ended up happening effectively. Even though towards towards the the end end of the podcast, podcast, uh, the teepee in which we were recording the conversation was starting to be taken down around us. So we had to cut it a little bit short, but these two beings are amazing Amazing people. They travel the world performing their art and have an incredible connection to to the earth Earth. and to some sort of greater understanding of life and the the universe. universe. They have an incredible outlook on life And an amazing Amazing. exuberance that is certainly expressed through their music and their performance. So, this is really just the beginning of a conversation, a dialogue that I think these two performers will be great contributors of. We discuss their travels and their performance. But also I inquire as to how they interpret a a lot of their experiences. And uh, both Jagen and Eve share some some incredibly insightful uh, perspectives on their their life Life. and their insights. So, look, I can't really say any more. It's a really Really amazing conversation. conversation. I fully encourage you to listen to it. And also pick it up when we get a chance to come back together again and be recording this dialogue. So without further ado, please give it up for Jagen and Eve.
1: Welcome to the Regroup Podcast.
2: So,
0: Yeah, I've just started recording, and we can just talk.
1: And, yeah,
0: perfect. Yeah, you can come in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we we started talking before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'd, I'd like to rehash that. Yeah. A little bit, if yeah. if we may.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's obviously very personally deep for you to explain this process. Yeah. So I'd love to get into it a little bit yeah. sort of deeper and, and so we can get some clarity around it. Yeah. So to recap, you yeah. were sharing with me that being a performer within the transformational festival kind of space mm. has been um maybe going in phases in terms of its social dynamics mm-hmm. and you guys having weaving in and out of that, mm-hmm. and then having to navigate commercial life yeah. and economic life yeah. and transportation systems, and yeah. that there's a big contrast for you. And so, you were sharing this with me earlier.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, if I got that theme.
3: Right. Sort of right? Right. All right, tell me
0: more.
3: The different layers of the worlds that we're immersed inside of. So a long time ago, people would often reference these festival uh, culture as uh, a family or a tribe. Mm. And then when we would move out of them, that would be considered the default world. And so we would use these festivals kind of like a Mecca. You know, to come and connect with like minds, like hearts, and create <laughs> and inspire each other. And as things started to move and shift, and we got called to many festivals around the whole entire planet, we have been weaving inside of where different cultures are as a society, their different uh, spaces, and navigating almost like world bridging of this festival culture in a way and then the outside world and going back and forth and also watching how these festivals have been evolving and de-evolving in many ways and touching more of the commercial Uh, Realms and electronic dance music scene, uh, rave scenes, and more and more younger generations coming in and the different types of culture, mainstream cultures that have been coming in. Um, And then getting booked inside of bars and those bars having a particular scene, one in particular I remember in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York is pretty... Um, intense and rugged and and rough around its edges and there was another group that was like a rock group or something that was booked for that that venue and they were bringing our crowd in so it was a really interesting moment where basically it was uh, a typical rock concert in the middle of brooklyn new york Mm. and then our tribe people coming in and so there's a mishmash um and we were with white bear and it was a scary feeling of like, wow, this crowd is really mixed and there's just this edge to it that we normally typically don't play to and we just had to go for it. So both Yegan and I were like, all right, here we go. Like, we're jumping in and he threw down some really fat beats and we got the crowd going and they really loved the performance end of it and just yeah. got like, yeah, we adjust quickly. all the time. Wow. Yeah.
0: So can we go back to... You said that something changed and shifted for you guys.
1: Mm.
0: That sort of seemed to be a a kind of a bit of a turning point and the sort of beginning. So can you explain more, like, when you mean that there was a change and there was a shift for you guys? Are you talking about your, your... your popularity within the music scene started rising. What what exactly happened for you?
3: Yeah, so um, when we first got involved um, in this particular uh, group of people, it felt like family. Everything just felt cozy. So and which group of people? The the transformational festival group of people. Yeah. Like everything was cozy, you know, and even when we went to different countries, there was a like-mindedness and a like theme. And as these festivals got more popular um a lot of the mainstream kind of moved in and we watched a lot of our family members or soul family members kind of move out and we stayed and we committed but that was a shift for us um, in the sense of what were we dedicating to what what was it inside of the music it wasn't just coming to a festival and being up on a stage that that would only hit a certain level of commitment Um, you have to dig deeper into your soul of like what is your message and why are you doing this and and that is what we faced is basically on a very real level what is the purpose for our art mm-hmm. and that was a game shifter and we basically needed to hold on to that as we got to play in really dense vibration places or really like commercially vibes or even a festival that would have Heaps of drugs and really thick, mm-hmm. you know, layers of drugs. I remember one particular festival we were booked for uh, was just inundated with cocaine and a lot of like skinheads, and it was a very intense uh, vibe. Wow. And to the point where someone was trying to climb one of the subs, <laughs> and angry because they had basically pushed Yeg on, um, a couple sets back. And the timing was off. So usually at nighttime it was like full on, Mm. and he's progressive. So they wanted faster beat. So this guy was coked out. Drugs didn't match the timing exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, and literally climbing the subs, and it was probably the closest moment where we really felt unsafe in the festival wow. culture which is not common for us i mean this is one yeah. of the safest places that we always feel is amazing you know and so yeah. those lines of even physical safety were being pushed in the way that we were oh, treated wow. and and you know and this is just one of many scenarios and crazy different countries of, of what all happens and goes on um but yeah it's it's an interesting place where your mindset and your devotion and all these things come into play and it changes the purpose and the reason of why we do what we do and that deepens us
0: so is, so is that an intention that really connecting with the spiritual yeah. utility behind doing what you guys do yeah is, is going back to when you said that when you guys really shifted gear. Yeah. Is that what you're sharing with me was the the main fundamental factor? Yeah. You put intention into it and then something changed for you guys?
3: I think the intention became more real. Uh, We've always had intention behind the art and the music, Mm. but this was now... Real life practice Like you can have An idea like Oh I I intend for this To be an awakening Healing experience For people right And this is easy For us to say This kind of intention
0: Are you talking The difference between Just like an intellectual idea versus an embodied idea? Yes. That is it? Yes. Yes,
3: yes. So it's like these intellectual ideas or these ideals that we a lot have, you know, as human beings. This is the ideal of what I would like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then life comes in and schools you and says, all right, Mm -hmm. now you want to do this. Mm -hmm. You got to really do this and you got to live it. You got to breathe it. So that became very real for us. Mm -hmm. We had to get into daily practice. We had to really embody how are we taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. uh, emotionally, energetically, physically. Um, How were we basically operating in our daily life Mm -hmm. and putting that all into the art and then setting intention inside of the art and then letting that reflect back to us Mm -hmm. what we needed to do and real life being our teacher. So we were pretty much on a life lesson in a really big way pretty pretty much from the start of collaboration
0: so so would it be accurate in saying that by getting to this this stage where you were embodying this intention and you were putting a lot of thought and and design and planning into how to remain healthy and stable yep was was this the i guess mainstay of how you're able to navigate all of these spaces which from your descriptions sound pretty dark and pretty heavy yeah. is this the, has been the key yeah. for you to be able to navigate these sort of spaces yeah so
3: physical practice and really coming into um, really tuning into presence and, and eastern philosophy and basically eastern practices mm. really coming into somatic therapies so mm-hmm. really working with uh, inner child wounding mm. fears resistances blocks and owning all of that within ourselves and um, really dedicating to it. And also then the physical reality of detoxing the body Mm -hmm. and coming into meditation practice, breathing practice. Uh, Yegan loves the whole Wim Hof uh, technique. Does he? Yeah, he's super devoted and dedicated to it. And just really like you're hacking the brain, you're hacking the emotion body, and you're hacking the physical body. Yeah, And so... When we're up on those stages, we've always felt a responsibility to basically bring presence in the depths of our being as most as we can to these beings, because the stage amplifies, and so we have a possibility to affect people's lives in a big way.
0: So even in these more chaotic type gigs that you've you've been invited to play at, the, the. Utility is still the same yes. in terms of bringing that intention, bring bring that presence, yes. and I guess modeling yep. on the spot before their eyes
3: yes, it's who, who
0: you are in, in your being yes. as a as a whole spiritual creature.
3: yeah them. and it's been fascinating because the, the audience is a is a mirror; it's a reflection mm. of whatever's going on internally, and people can play with it in 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 an in, in intentional way. Or you can just, you know, have speakers and some guy playing some music and it can be both extremes But if you really create an intentional piece with it, people get it and get it deeply Um, One particular culture that was really night and day difference was when we were in Tel Aviv in Israel And there's a sea of men, okay, so this culture is very masculine driven um, And especially with their trance, a female performer is not common unless she's a belly dancer pretty much you know in belly dance garb Uh, I am a uh, theater artist so there's a lot of uh, character work that I do and and message so my art style is completely different but I remember being next to a very popular trans artist as I we're waiting to get on the stage. And he's looking at the sea of people and they've got full beers and they're like a rough crowd. And he's just like, what are you going to do? And I just like looked at him and I'm like, this is a do or die moment.
2: <laughs> what did you do? Because
3: I'm bringing in basically this like theme about connection to the heart and like all these, you know, kind of etheric ideals and I dropped into realness. It was authenticity. Like, it's it's really so you, a do or die. You did dive. what you
0: always do, what you, how you, is, you perform. Yeah, you and this it. is
3: the practice that we're doing outside of the stage. So that's how this yeah, yeah, daily yeah, practice yeah. integrates into the physical well. to get us prepared for whatever life throws at us.
0: Well, I mean, I, I relate. I mean, I just told you before. I didn't. I don't know if you knew before I just told you before we started recording that i work as a psychologist
1: yeah and it's
0: exactly the same Mm. you know i i have to practice being real and being authentic being healthy myself yeah and my whole work is about reflecting that to others and being what i'm i know in me creates the best me possible yeah and just by modeling that it's it's doing the work that fortunately i'm (laughs) I'm paid to do yeah it's such an honor yeah to, to be in that space and, yeah. and, and being compelled to be a better person mm-hmm. and being gifted with being able to feed my children and yeah. do what I need to do in my life yeah, it's, beautiful. It's, it's, it's really yeah it's a special way of living I think at this time yes. as opposed to being in a, a workspace particularly that is really not resonant with divinity with your health yes and it's so common that people end up in those situations
3: we have so much gratitude and there's not a day that goes by that we don't realize that we are very blessed the fact that we get to do what we love to do Mm. the fact that we're artists doing what we love to do that's even i think even another category of of challenge that's usually placed on artisans Mm. so we get to Mm. bring artistry and we bring to conscious art which is a whole other genre Mm. that isn't um Fully always supported in our reality, but more
0: and more that's happening. Well, I'd, I'd like to talk more about that, but yep. I, I would like to first just just go back to the the scene that you depicted for us. I'm in sure Israel? that it, it, it was in it like it was in Israel. It's probably yeah. been in lots of other places yeah. too. To yeah, someone. for
3: sure.
0: <laughs> so, do you do you feel that when you're in those kind of spaces and you're bringing your art, you're bringing your authenticity mm. to your performance? Mm. Do you sense that that has a transformational Power? Is, is there transformation going on in those line of men at the front, yes. drinking beers? Yes, so
3: it's pretty interesting because the quality of the vibration literally shifts. So that's really what we're playing with. We're playing with an energetic kind of vibe or feel that people can feel when they're inside of any kind of you know closed room Mm -hmm. and you feel a certain feeling Mm -hmm. so there's this thick vibration of guys drinking beers heavy thick and I need to jump on stage and be as authentic as I can inside of what intellectually would seem light and fluffy ideas into a very rough crowd Mm -hmm. and so my rawness and my realness I have to speak to them body to body So beyond our mind, I have to meet them with this I see you, I feel you as a group of beings. And there's a vulnerability there. So it's really a courageous thing to actually open to feeling that. And then all of a sudden it's amazing what the psyche of most people will do. Especially on the stage, they'll meet you Mm. right in that place of wherever you drop them in. So then we have this moment of connection. And in that moment, the whole vibration of the room shifted.
0: Are you you talking this connection is like a, an energetic kind of thing or is it, you're talking eyes contacting or so, all of it? Or? So
3: it's all of it, but it's the energetic kind of feel of the space. So the energetic feel of space shifted. I did the performance and I jumped off stage and the guy that I was just talking to right before, he's like, what are you going to do? Mm. He even commented. He's like, did you feel that? The whole room changed. And he I'm noticed like, it yeah, too. Yeah, he noticed it. He reported it. that, yeah, sent it back to you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's why that story kind of sticks out because there is a power that we as humans actually share this deep intrinsic connection with each other without words. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what the music is doing. I think that's what the performance is doing. It's returning us back to this primal connection to one another where we're universal. We're human, human to human. And that's the work that we're doing is reminding people of that feeling. We feel it on the dance floor. We feel it, you know, when things are really going off in a a certain kind of vibration with the music, you know, we feel one. And, and I think that's that's the service that we're doing pretty much on the planet.
0: Have you ever done Vipassana meditation?
3: We have, Wow, well, we did a five-day dark retreat, which is the opposite form of Vipassana, um, but not technically an actual several-day meditation mm. piece of Vipassana. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I practice it. Yeah. And there's this sort of this stage that you get to with it where... You're, you you go through certain techniques and practices mm-hmm. and eventually you, you achieve what Goenka who is the, the main proponent of the technique describes as like a, a free form it's not necessarily like a uh, it, it's an embodied sensation but it's more than that it's a it's mm-hmm. a it's a sort of a higher vibrating feeling and it's when you do vipassana you're doing kind of like a, a body scan mm-hmm. really focused body scan and going through your body and you're eventually feeling sensations come up at certain parts of your body and Mm. the whole sort of concept is around the idea that you you sit with that sensation whatever it is that comes up
1: Mm.
0: and after a while it goes away, Mm. it's impermanent the Pali word is inacha, Mm. it doesn't stay forever, it goes Mm -hmm. and when we go through that process and we practice it over and over again, we start shifting and learning that there's this Ultra vibration that is free flowing through us all, yes. and I'm wondering if it's the same kind of yes. energy that that you were tapping into yes.
3: that you're describing. Yes, I think it's 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 um yeah, it's interesting to try to put words to it. It is, it? yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: one of the things that, that I'm really aspiring to do with with this podcast, Eve, is I, I really love to try and get as many practical sort of methodological things in it as possible. So yeah. when people are listening to it, they can actually anchor intellectually to it.
1: Yes. And go, I've, I've been
0: there. I know, I know what they're talking about. Yeah, like, I yeah, know yeah.
3: that. But yeah. Like,
0: that happens when I skateboard or yeah. when I flow state. do this. Yeah, flow state. Flow state. So,
3: so yeah. that's kind of the uh, place that so many different walks of life can access. So we talk about extreme sports, you Mm -hmm. know, extreme sports can enter into these flow states, right? Mm -hmm. And um, in a way, a lot of artisans have a similar experience where they enter into a flow state and Mm. they can actually move in what feels like no time. You know, they're so in the flow that this thing is timeless. And I think I do that live through performance, mm. and Yegon does it in front of the studio when he drops in. Mm. He gets into flow state.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that,
3: so, so yeah. we're accessing, and then teaching that is also something that I do with the group of women of theater artists that I work with. Is yeah. dropping them into Eastern philosophies and practices where they're meditating and movement meditation, and getting into more of the the chi. There's a there's two uh, types that I was told is. Uh, which is the mind moving the body, and the wu-ji, which is basically spirit or the presence moving body, which is not animated from the mental space, but mm-hmm. actually from mm-hmm. that present state. Mm. And that present state actually animates and moves you. So we're moving that into practice and then putting that on our stages. But it's And then
0: amplifying and it. And amplifying it,
3: yeah. And so, so it's... It's been an interesting thing of of doing it through the art realms, but then really using the Eastern philosophies as a gateway even deeper into practical things that we can do with our bodies through Taoism and Buddhism and just these really beautiful um, ancient traditions that already have all the words for us when I first found out there was something called Wuji I was so excited I'm like that's it that's that that that's Wuji and so we even had this Chinese um, uh, Qigong master uh, do this uh, class and we were inside with her and you know Yegan and I entered easily We're like she's like oh you're there you got it and we're like yeah this is what we practice <laughs> so it was also cool to get affirmation from from master beings and yeah, from other yeah. beings who are, who have been walking this pathway for a long time
0: so so when when you did that training yeah Was that you and Yegan, or was that you and your troop?
3: No, no. So Yegan and I did the with the Chinese um, Qigong master, and we had met her in San Diego, and she invited us into a class, and Mm. it was for Wuji, and she explained the definition. And so then when we did it, there's like an actual physical practice that you do, and then it'll take you into that Wuji state. And so Yegan and I were able to enter very easily, and she's like, oh, you already know this. (laughs) Like,
1: first good class.
3: (laughs) But it was exciting for me because, again, these Eastern philosophies hold many of these things that we as modern people are almost um, playing catch up on. I feel like like we're little kids and we have to catch up yeah. with these masters already know and yeah, yeah okay. that that they've been teaching.
0: So, when you teach your dance troupe, yep. Do you then try to to pass on those same techniques, teaching the same way?
3: So we modulate it a bit because I feel that a lot of the modern mind um, doesn't have the discipline um, that a lot of these other philosophies have. So we'll just take a certain stance. Like there's a particular stance that you would. And in traditional form, you would do it for three hours. Mm. That is lifetimes for the modern mind who struggles with just doing a practice for five minutes so it's really breaking down um, things in a bite-sized way for them to feel pleasure from the experience so let's just say I do an audio uh, meditation for them as a relaxation we put binaural beats inside of it Mm. and I'm just getting them to feel pleasure from breathing Mm -hmm. and it's five minutes Mm -hmm. so the psyche can say oh five minutes that's nothing I can do that I can commit to that so that's the first like layer that we have to get them inside of and the second layer is pleasure as you go deeper into these, we find out that these are going to take you into very uncomfortable places, and it is not pleasurable, <laughs> especially if you think about meditating for hour, two hours, three hours, days. This is supposed to take you into the uncomfortable, right? But for the modern mind, we have to build up kind of a trust with it and a desire to wow, actually commit to it.
0: <laughs> that's, that's really special.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: um, So you... Designed that yourself?
3: Yeah, so I've been working, um, you know, with the Eastern traditions as, of course, my template, but bite sizing it down to what actually works. So I work with one on one people to find out what their particular blocks are their obstacles whether they don't really do well with the routine or they feel intimidated by sitting for five minutes i find out basically where they're struggling and then i curate a space um, either online or in person where i get to take them into experiencing pleasure from this kind of breathing techniques or presencing and then get them to commit to several weeks of it and then they also get to practice it during performance, so there's also a little carrot at the end of the the, the string because yeah, yeah. they get to be inside of my performances, which motivates them to do the practice.
0: Mm. <laughs> but you 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 designed the, the process, though. Yeah. It's yeah. yours, and you sort of intuited it. Yeah as you, you develop this project?
3: Yeah, so I've been wow. developing it for several years actually, um, with myself first. Yeah. I was my own guinea pig and then taking one or two, now I have a group of nine. Wow. So so I've been stepping this all the way through and, and distilling it more and this year I should have a public forum where I have about a four to five week um, piece that I am going to offer for just well-being, for people who want to practice well-being through art.
0: Wow! Yeah. <laughs> welcome, bro. Hello. I'm, I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. Oh, that's okay. These it's um, happened. <laughs> well, um, I just I had to download the, app, the the recording app again. Oh,
2: okay. And so I had to walk around <laughs> until I found a bar to be able to
0: actually do it. But we just we just jumped into it. But welcome, man, to the conversation. Hello. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, we've we just rolled into it. We started talking a little bit before, uh-huh. um, back at the at the food stall. Um, Eve was telling me about the contrast between, the, you know, the, the the festival experience and then trying to live life and that. And I just used that as a bit of a platform to kick off, and we've just rolled into this amazing conversation. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So um, yeah, look, it, it, at this this stage now that you've you've joined us. Um, can do you guys mind like giving a little bit of an intro like sure? I, I will do an intro for the podcast yeah. but you know I'm hoping that this will reach the ears of people who may not necessarily even know no. who you guys are yeah uh-huh. so I'd really like it if you could introduce yourself and, and give a little bit of a background um just into in so much as you would like to to offer
2: yeah nice so
1: Let's start with you,
0: good sir.
2: All right. Yeah, my name's Jagon, and uh, I'm a musician and uh, creator of worlds and, and dimensions. Uh, <laughs> I've got a couple of music projects uh, that are quite well known, Merkabah and Kalia Asintilla, and, Tilla, and um, a new, new baby that we're birthing, both Eve and I together, called Sonic Samadhi and uh a record label which kind of started as an accident turned into a hobby and now is a full-fledged record label with over 100 releases um and yeah I was born in uh south of Sydney in the country and um yeah raised as a country boy and um yeah followed my dreams as my parents told me to do and it's taken me now to yeah, all over the world to so like 40 plus countries, and um, it's been one hell of a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, man! Yeah,
0: thank you, thank you, brother. Yeah, and Madame.
3: Yes, my name is Eve, and my stage name is Eve Evolution. I am a theater artist and a being who has been traversing this world with Mr. Kalia Santilla, a.k.a. Merkaba, a.k.a. Sonic Samari. <laughs> and And um, yeah, we've been collaborating for the past several years. I also teach a theater troupe who are dedicated to conscious uh, ritual theater and putting on big stage productions all over the globe.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, guys. So, yeah, look, I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and talk. Um, bro, did I ever get to tell you, like, the reason that I invited you to come up to play Regroup in 2011? Did I ever tell you, tell you the backstory?
2: Ah, uh, you might have. Refresh my memory.
0: Well, I, I went to Melbourne
2: uh-huh.
0: um, because Alex Gray was coming
2: yeah.
0: and Tool was playing And my good friend Adam Scott Miller was exhibiting with Alex Gray and he said, oh, come down, I can get you on the guest list for Tool. I said, sure. So I went down for it and it was at the time when Cyclone Yasi, which was a really big Category 5 cyclone, Mm -hmm. came through North Queensland. I couldn't get back and my children, my young children, were in Cairns and it was a particularly difficult experience to, to go through. And just before I left to go down to Melbourne, I had this friend of mine who's an amazing wizard. He just, he messaged me and he said there's this new album out by this this artist named Merkabar. You should check it out. So I said okay, I didn't have a clue what it was. H- he was just a really close friend that I trusted him. So I just bought it straight away, put it onto my I think it was in some sort of iPod or something at the time, and flew to Melbourne. Did a few things, the cyclone built up, and I found myself in Melbourne in a whole different state of mind that I, I'm still processing. I it, was, it was extremely psychedelic, it was very, a lot of fear, a lot of pain, a lot of struggle as a father, not being there for my children. It's the first time they'd ever gone through a natural disaster like that mm-hmm. and so i sat in alexandra Parklands in melbourne yeah. Alexandria gardens yeah and i listened over and over to awaken
2: beautiful yeah.
0: over and over again and uh-huh. um, just meditated in the park and listened to your album mm-hmm. and so when the cyclone came through fortunately the weather system moved further south mm-hmm. and it Destroyed a lot of towns mm. south of Cairns where I live. Um, however, it was still quite devastating. So yeah. after the the major destruction sort of came, mm. and I was able to think again. Mm. Uh, I just had this this idea. I just I could feel my ch- my children were okay. Eventually, when the phone lines came back online and everything was okay, I could communicate. They're okay, mm. but I could hear fear in their voice. I could hear suffering, and I was connecting with other people within the community and I could feel that there was something that had really gone on. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever been through something like a cyclone but it's a it's a very, it's a big experience. Wow. The media builds it up and yeah, you've got is. visitors, tourists that are there who have no idea what's happening or whether they're going to survive it so fear just rises. It's a really big experience. Uh-huh. So I just, in for my little spot in Melbourne, I was staying with... Um, I believe you guys know Claire McCully, Claire Santians. at the time. I was staying in her house because Jekyll's sister used to live with Claire. okay. And so, yeah, they just said, come and stay with me. And so I was there and they were looking after me. And I just came up with this idea and I said, when I get back, I want to put together an event. I've I've been playing music for a long time and put on lots of events and had access to the university. And I said, yeah, I'm going to make an event to try and help bring joy and community back to cairns when i get back that's what i'm gonna do so when i got back we started cleaning up and all the rest of it and then the government gave out a grant so Mm. people who owned a home and there was some damage from the cyclone they gave us two thousand dollars and with that two thousand dollars i put on an event and part of that two thousand dollars was the To invite yeah. you up. Nice. And wow. the reason that it was you is because I was sitting in the wow. gardens listening to you and it Beautiful. was wow. it was magical that we connected and you said, Yeah, yeah I'll come up and we'll wow. do it for free and just get the flights and yeah. give you a place to stay. And yeah. so that was where Regroup came from. Uh-huh. And wow. I've called this podcast Regroup as an extension of that work. Nice. So. When we put on that event, it was gold coin donation entry. Yeah, Yagen came off and he, he played um, Merkabah and Kelly Cintilla. Mm-hmm. And it was gold coin donation. We raised $4,000. We, we sent $1,000 of that to Dr. Mizura Emoto because by the time we put on the event, the nuclear disaster in Japan had happened. And we really believed in Emoto's work. So we, just sent, we sent him $1,000. And we used another $1,000 to develop a little crew. And we went down to Cardwell and Tully areas and just cleaned up people's yards and planted gardens and stuff like that. And then we saved the last $2,000 to do it again in 2012.
1: Nice.
0: So to to reconnect with your brother and to Mm. have this opportunity to to talk with you is is really special for myself personally, but for this concept as well. Mm. So that's where... That's where it came from,
3: Aww. and yeah, I've been wanting to share that story
0: with you <laughs> uh-huh. so good. for a long time. So I'm glad that I finally got to share it. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, look, I, I really open floor up to you guys. I mean, um, you know, people can can look up what you do. You, you, there's lots of stuff about you guys online and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. They can they can buy your music. They can listen to your expression. Mm-hmm. And they can come to your performances and all that. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys really feel that you would like to share with people? Like, What, what is it that you're journeying and the things that uh, have, have led to insights mm-hmm. in your life? What does they sound like? What sort of things are you exploring within yourself and with mm-hmm. the theme of, of being at this time mm-hmm. of our story?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a big... Uh, an, an immense topic that one, but simply it just starts with intention, like that was. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to, yeah. <laughs> sorry, to cut your legs off there. <laughs> but yeah, we
0: started before you came. No, and that's it's, exactly what she said. Yeah,
2: too. well, that's where it all begins. Because even when I decided. I would ha- I would be a musician. There was a few years of still living in the city and doing audio college and mm-hmm. still living for the weekend and partying and being very distracted from music and not having it as my main focus, although I wanted it to be my focus. But when the moment came to really sacrifice my life in the city, move back to the country, be by myself a lot and focus on music, when I sat down in the studio that I built there was an intention that came and that intention was like the seed that everything grew from. and it was an intention to create music and art to awaken and heal and inspire because the music that really affected me throughout my life up until that point and beyond was always music that awakened something in me whether it was emotion or something deeper in the soul Um, there was this healing aspect of music that kind of opens you to deeper parts of yourself and it feels like there's healing and catharsis there Mm. Um, yeah be it dark music or uplifting music it all has it all can have that ability Mm. that quality and then inspiration you know there's nothing better than having art to inspire more art I think that's like the holistic virus of art it's yeah like real powerful art just inspires other artists to continue on their journey and make art
0: yeah. which then awakens more people and yeah echoes on yeah. the yeah. utility of exactly. what you just said yeah. was the intention that, that you were referring to even we were talking yeah. is it similar for you
3: yeah. so in a lot of the performances, I really make a difference between what's entertainment versus art, and my big distinction with specifically performance in that question is that art has a message, and ultimately there's an intention behind that message. And similar to what Yegon had was my intention in performances was to awaken, to activate, and to heal. So when we met each other, we actually almost had the same exact words inside Mm -hmm. of the intention of our art to give to people, and that's actually what we've carried on in our collaboration.
0: Words in terms of when you guys were discussing it and exploring it together as you got to know each other?
3: Yes. Mm -hmm. So the
0: terminologies were were similar and familiar and resonant.
3: Yes, yes. And so now that that has become basically our platform of of that continues in collaboration with the music and the performance together in mm. that intention. And yeah. it and it's been deepening ever mm. since.
0: <laughs> okay, so we before you came, Jaegan, even I were were she was she was sharing a little bit about some of the the more, shall we say, chaotic spaces that yes. you've been invited to play at. Oh yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean I, like, I really like to get into the details of some of this stuff. <laughs> as yeah. I was explaining uh, to Eve, like, one of the one of the things that I think is, is really beautiful about having these sort of conversations is that, like, I can kind of try and pick things that might be useful for other people as methodologies, like mm. things they can actually take from this conversation and yeah. apply. For sure, and I yeah. to try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, she was telling me yeah. about Israel and, and Tel Aviv oh. and um, the, the difference there between... Um, the, the frontline males that are at the front stage, and compared to some other spaces and all the rest of it. Yeah. So, we were talking about how, when when she's really present and she's really um, aligned with her intention, that the stage amplifies that intention. Mm-hmm. And she she models models that flow. Mm-hmm. That that has the power to to really shift the room. She explained it as yeah. there was a moment where the whole, that was was that in in, in, a, in a
1: cl- in closed a space. Mm-hmm.
0: So she explained it how that that whole that whole space had shifted.
1: Yeah.
0: So you're sharing your intention to awaken mm. and and to try and have these cathartic kind of experiences. So as you guys have been doing this journey and you've been. Growing and being invited to different places and all the rest of it. Are you seeing a collective shift? Like, are people awakening? Mm. Are they mm-hmm. receptive mm-hmm. to this intention that yeah. you guys are putting out?
2: Definitely, definitely. I would say that one of the most exciting things about traveling the world and performing and, and giving this art offering is that ability to start seeing the patterns through the human organism and I'm starting to see humanity as an organism now the more I move through airports and countries and and border crossings and all these things it's um yeah it's really amazing to just see these patternings and I I always do this little like I test the waters by striking up conversations with random people in random situations all over the place and it's another way... It's very easy to, like, come to festivals and see, like, oh, yeah, these people are really, like, showing up more and more and the people here are starting to get it more and more. Um, and that is happening? It is. It's, it is is happening in some respects and then in others it isn't, but the way I see it, it it's kind of this ebb and flow.
0: Yeah. yeah. We didn't quite get to it, but <laughs> I was it's waiting like, to pull um, you off a... And- you mentioned something like that.
2: Yeah, it's like in in a simply in a wave of sound. There's the peaks and the troughs. Yeah. and There's the high parts and the low parts. So, yeah, yeah. even yeah, it feels like there's cycles, big cycles and smaller cycles, and I, the cycles we see in festival culture revolve around music and drugs in symbiosis. So there seems to be a symbiotic relationship between the substances that are uh, popular at the time Mm -hmm. and the music that's coming through at the time. I'm not sure, like, if one feeds the other or vice versa or they're just both a product of the energy of that moment in time. I feel like it could be that, but it seems that when the substances are more in the realms of mushrooms and lsd and pure mdma there's a more uplifting um, lighter music a lot more melody and emotion when we move through periods like we have over the last five years of a lot more turmoil on the world stage and a lot more dissonance and Perceived disconnection throughout societies and, and governments, and, and just the human story in the festival world, I've noticed uh, just through observing that there's a lot more ketamine and cocaine and speed and research chemicals, mm. which which all have the ability to dissociate, or disconnect. Um, there's, there's less less togetherness, and then the music, as a result, is really dark, heavy. Um, yeah, like almost brutal in a way. And it, it kind of reflects that. Do you that. mean n-
0: your music starts feeling that way? Well, or I've actually
2: you... yeah explored the shadow a lot over the last five years because I've just noticed that that's where humanity was going yeah. and myself as well. I was going through some shadow um, stuff in my own journey. Yeah. So it felt very necessary to bring that through in the art. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Yeah, if we follow the pattern of turning away from the shadow and banishing it, we end up being the next Christianity, right? (laughs) You know, we all know that doesn't work. It really feels like this um, movement through the shadow is an opportunity to actually face it and to learn from it and to transmute it ultimately. So yeah, it is. It's really wild to see these patterns. And I've definitely been feeling in the last couple of years this steady upswing um, in myself and in the world around me and uh, there's a lot of feedback you get from meeting people in different places and different lands and it's great when they mirror back to you these words of like oh I feel like things are getting lighter again
3: and so I'm like yeah
2: okay I'm taking notes here I'm starting to see the patterns yeah so it is, it's, a, it's an epic place to be. To And I've been using this book called The Gene Keys, which gives a map of the genetic code connected to the I Ching and to astrology. And it really breaks down multiple levels of human genetic coding and how we play that out through patterns in humanity. So this book, coupled with navigating through the human organism, is giving this really rich texture to life at the moment, and the way I've been perceiving it, it's been really cool.
0: In in terms of affirming,
2: yeah, what definitely. You seem yeah, to... yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, first of all, looking at the code, the the gene key code within myself, and what um, specific codons I work with in my expression in this lifetime, mm. um, and then looking at how those relate to my relationships. And then how they relate to the world. Mm-hmm. But then also flicking through the book and looking at some of the big, the really big pieces like Gene Key 55 is the shadow of uh, victimization and the gift of freedom. Every Gene Key has a shadow, a gift, and then a highest vibration, a city. So, yeah, when we read about this human genetic programming of victimization and we see that it's something that's passed through ancestry through genetic lines and then we read the ability for humans to have true freedom we start to really um, see a bigger picture like a cool example is conspiracy like i have the the ring of illuminati as one of the gene key codon groups that work through my gene keys and before I discovered this book, which was only a couple of years ago, I was hell-bent on conspiracies yeah. and really, really thirsty for like, finding out the depths of you know, what they were doing to us, that story, which is a victim program, mm-hmm. them and us. And when I started reading this Gene Key of corruption um, and equilibrium, I started to realize, like, oh, wow, actually I'm just running a program and yeah, it doesn't mean that conspiracy isn't there, but it is something that we're agreeing upon collectively through our genetics. And then there's a story that moves us beyond that. So, since and, oh, and then
0: we activate
2: them too. We activate these genes, and, exactly. and that carries them forward. Yeah, and then
0: we imprint them uh-huh. in our children, exactly, and That's in it. our media and in exactly. our products. Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it gives us a, a really cool. Um, Overview of, of the possibilities of where we could be headed as a species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. so can it then forecast forward? Definitely. Text. Is this, this text
2: yeah. gives I mean, us he, an outlook? What's, he he talks I don't about. I this book. Yeah, it's a phenomenal book. It's huge. It was put together by a guy, an English guy named Richard Rudd, and he spent decades and decades putting this information together. He was yeah. the understudy for the guy who created the Human Design System. So he learnt human design from him before he passed away. But he studied the I Ching. It brings in biology, Mm -hmm. cutting-edge genetics.
3: Astrology.
2: Astrology. It really is such a beautiful marriage of science and spirituality. But the thing I love most of all about it is that it always resolves into the heart. Like the heart, the human heart and this ability for love is a central theme to the entire book and yeah it's it's very much like um the shadow is is very much like a mental realm and then the the gift is very much the heart realm Mm. so it's kind of this bridge between the two
0: Mm. so can can you describe like a bit more about what what you mean by resolving into the heart are you talking about a a sensation is it a visualization? It's is like it the
2: the human's ability to move into a true embodiment and connect with the heart is akin to our species reconnecting with and caring for the earth. Hmm. When we come hmm. into our body, the core, yeah, of... like when we in, when we actually come out of our mind and start bringing our awareness into the intelligence of the body, we start to realize oh wait, I have poisoned this body through drugs and alcohol through even emotional negativity I've had towards myself and others
1: Mm.
2: when we come into that awareness and we drop in and we start to reassess our relationship to how we treat our bodies that is dropping into the heart space which is knowing this ability for love and then that in turn is a mirrored in our connection to the earth it's like our body and, it, and the earth are, are one in the same yeah. so it's actually like th- this whole theme is very central to the next album we're working on for cullius and mm-hmm. and um yeah it's part two and a three part trilogy and it'll come out in october and it's about the earth it's about reconnecting to her so yeah that's a, a, a big central theme Wow. In our lives right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard, I heard you talking about it on From Bloke to Work. Oh, nice. Oh, you listened to
0: that? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Excellent. Ryan, Ryan was actually one of the first guests on my podcast, too. Ah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. So, you guys want to share more about that? Yeah. Would you, yeah. You'd like to, yeah, give us a bit more of a, an insight into what this this concept is and how you're creating
3: it if we go back to uh the idea of intention we set the intention in the art and then it's a miracle how the art then takes us on a journey so we set the intention to have a deeper connection with the earth and by saying those words out loud lo and behold all these offers come in to tour the world so we get to go to Africa, we get to go to South America, we get to go to um, Norway and Estonia and Ireland and all these places around the planet that we've never been. Mm. And we look at each other and we just nod and we're like, right, so we're on the mission and this is what we're doing. So we're collecting literally these stories from other people, the locals, uh, in Ireland, we got to be in a forest where it felt like everything was singing and there's different you know, bird calls, and Yeegan is recording the bird calls and the dawn choruses of Africa, of Ireland, of all these different places. Um, the stories are very important to this album as well of the ancestors. So in Estonia, we found out that there's still a very living practice of actually communing with trees and that there are these sacred places where you go to devote and connect with the tree beings and so there's a, a song dedicated to the trees, of course, in the album. And so we're we're, we're alchemizing, and then there is this Mother Africa uh, voice that we're working with as as a part of the story that basically speaks to the human heart and speaks to the human in us, calling us back home to her. And so it's like right, like you've been away, and now come back to Mama, like mm-hmm. she's got something to tell you. So so and, we're... and is
0: is that like the experience that you had? When you were
3: right. in so, Africa? Yeah, so when mm-hmm. we were in Africa, there was a definite voice, probably the the deepest experience I've ever had, um, completely sober, I will say, um, with basically sitting on the earth and feeling this overwhelming power of the mountains and the ocean and the sky as actual conscious consciousness itself. Mm-hmm. So much bigger than me that I felt like a baby. And I was this tiny, tiny little being, and they were these big glorious galactic forces and it was like I was being held and the earth and the stars were one it was like looking down into the earth and imagining you could see the universe and looking up and you can see the universe So that it was, was a like visual
0: experience
3: when I was in my mind's eye like closing yeah. my eyes and just feeling and that's what it looked like and felt like to me mm-hmm. and this 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 feeling of like so where we have been born we will return So there's this idea that the humans were basically birthed from Africa and all the bloodlines have come from Africa. So as we trace back our DNA and our ancestors, as we keep going back in time, it will lead us all back to Africa. And so Africa is this birthplace and it's like this mother in a way. And I physically, emotionally felt the truth of that in my physical being when I went to Africa and nothing prepared me for that kind of feeling. I was like a little kid, really, just very excited to be in nature, very excited to be just feeling her. There's a vibration to Africa that is very different from all the rest of the places on the planet I've been, and I've been to several other continents. And yeah, my soul was singing, and this love and this remembering and this connection is going to be infused in the story of the new album. Um, and okay, giving her so a voice.
0: overarching kind of thing. Yeah. The African experience. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, wow. And pulling in uh, indigenous stories of the creation of the earth. So there's three that we're, we're basing. One is from Australia. The other is from Hawaii. And then there's another one in South America. And these all three mirror each other. So I've been working on the mythos and the actual weaving of the storylines inside of the music for this next album in a really big way. And as a result of that, we've been just experiencing this earth and, uh, yeah, beyond words. <laughs> so
0: the more that you open up to that intellectual idea of planning the album, you're finding... There's more alignment with things that make it work more for you guys and it's growing as a natural process without having to do too much. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: It's it's
2: (laughs) funny. Well, there's, you know, Eve does storytelling during the albums to give an overview of where we're travelling as we take the journey of listening to it. Mm. Um, And, of course, there's song names that allude to the chapters in the story and then there's... uh, sound themes or samples of nature or things that will take you to that place through the textures of sound but something that's not really written about is this idea of a morphogenetic field of information that's encoded into each song and into the album as a whole and like it's kind of like morphogenetic I, it's a word that you could just, like, throw out there to sound, you know, like you're some visionary, but... That's, that's uh, visionary, right? But, but, <laughs> <laughs> morph- morpho is... is like that like little plasticine morph- <laughs> animated thing? <today>? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, morpho, as in, like, it's morphing, it's alive, and genetic, as in it contains a code uh-huh. of information. And so this field, this morphing field of information is something that attaches itself to the song somehow there's no science behind this it's just this knowingness that's been revealed to us again and again and i'm starting to find other musicians and artists who are talking about the same thing with their art they're starting to find that there's an energetic field encoded to a piece of art that has information alive inside of it that others can discover without it having to be told to them through actual words Mm -hmm. and we've had the experience of having kids come to us and say oh we listened to this one song and we had a vision of this deity or pyramids or some temple or something and lo and behold we've done a ritual around that particular song to encode some Egyptian information in there so there's things happening that uh are yeah like on a ritual basis but then there's also just this mixing pot of ideas and energetics that we carry to each song that we work on to the album as a whole and yeah somehow magically it just gets encoded into that cauldron (laughs) and uh, it's still a fascinating thing to behold but I know it by having listened to other artists music and going really deep into the the field of music again and again for specific artists and then feeling things that yeah aren't inherent in the song itself on a logical linear perspective it's more of like a subtle field mm-hmm. where i'm like oh i feel this and i feel that mm. uh, and yeah i'm starting to understand more and more that there is this field of information yeah
0: can i share something that's coming up for me yeah, yeah. um i i i not sure if I've shared this with with you either, Jaegan. I certainly haven't had the chance to share it with you. Mm-hmm. But I wrote my psychology research thesis on using skateboarding as an intervention for ADHD. Mm. Nice. So I, as Jaegen, has been a skateboarder all my life. Well you can, my skate shop, you know how to skate yeah. shop. Yeah. And skateboarding was something that was you no know, it's it was my art. It's an artistic expression for me. And so I found that it was it was coded with healing for me as a practice, mm-hmm. and so when I became a young adult, I got an opportunity to become a coach, and I was coaching in Ellie Beach, helped them build a little skate park there, and I was coaching kids, and I had this mother come up to me one day and said, "You know, I don't know what you're doing, Adam, but my son is doing his homework, he's making more friends, he's helping around the house, and he's got ADHD." Hi. And so, this this to me was like a like it feels like it's kind yeah. of what you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. And, and I ended up going to university to study psychology because I was working for a lady who owned a big retail consultancy company and she wanted me to, to become really high in management. And I said, I have gotta go to uni and learn about people before I can do something like that. <laughs> and I ended up going to uni and doing anthropology and falling in love with, with cultural studies and shamanic cultures and mm-hmm. alter states of consciousness became something that really inspired me. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing my psychology and writing this research thesis. Now, my idea when I had my shop was to expand it into a space where we would be teaching or not necessarily teaching but providing a space with mentors in it so that we could nurture people who wanted to skate or rollerblade or scooter or whatever it was that they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't get to do it, like after last time we saw each other, I went, a divorce and i went through a huge change my whole world changed Mm -hmm. and essentially i I sort of stepped back from that dream Mm -hmm. but the work that i did it happened to be published and some people got hold of it and they used that work to present to youth work organizations who then tended for funding to be able to start coaching programs and When I actually flew down to, to, to this festival, I flew down from Cairns to Brisbane, and um, so I didn't have any gear and I put a call out, does anybody have any camping gear I can borrow? And an old friend of mine who was the one who tended for these grants and got it, he said, yeah, look, I've got stuff, come and grab it. So just before I came out to the festival, I, came, I went to meet him to grab the camping stuff. He goes, meet me here at Fairfield Skate Park. And he has an office there at the skate park and he had full time this, this, this without a word of, of a lie was my journey. this is what I wanted to do uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. but I let it go at some stage which was extremely cathartic for me in itself mm-hmm. but when I hear you, you speak about this you, you're talking about it Jaegen, in terms of, of music yeah. and art yeah. and I'm feeling a real resonance and, and familiarity with like what happened for me. Yeah. And that, that, that sort of, whether it's a m- morphogenic code that's imprinted in the, the art of skateboarding, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But it feels kind of similar. Like yeah. there's something that I can see that's it's growing that before me. It's the intention.
2: Mm-hmm. You had the intention to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yeah. So can we go back
0: to when Eve, you were talking about Africa. Yeah. And you explained this incredible experience that you had. Yeah. Jürgen, did you have the same experience? Yeah. To um, so the letter was the same as Eve's experience?
2: Yeah, I just felt a vastness. It um, felt grand. It felt ancient. Being under the stars at night felt like you could just hear the ancestors whispering Mm. from the sky. Mm. And I also, a few months before, I'd read a book by uh, an African Sangoma named Kratomutwa. He's still alive, he's probably around 98 or 99 years old now. And he was a, a Zulu shaman or is a Zulu shaman of the highest order, like a lion shaman and was passed down this secret knowledge of Africa called the Umlando. And he broke protocol and started to write it down into books to share with the world because a spirit came to him and told him that if this information wasn't to be shared at this time, it would be eradicated and destroyed and lost forever. Mm. So he just felt like, oh, this is my mission. So these books are really fascinating um, reads and they go deep into a lot of um, mythology that the rest of the world has adapted their mythologies from. The story of Prometheus originated in Africa with the story of the jackal-stealing fire. Right. Yeah, so there's actually, just in this one book and there's several books he's released, yeah, there was, uh, I don't know, maybe five or six mythological tales And they were all tales that originated in Africa, but they'd been mirrored by other cultures that came later. So it's like, yeah, these archetypal stories. But the cool thing was when I was in Africa, we got to have a a reading of the bones, which was uh, like a shamanic visionary tool for telling past and future, uh, where they put all these bones and stones and shells and trinkets and treasures in a big... Cloth, uh, like a big piece of cloth, and they bundle it up and then they kind of shake it up and then spread it out on a carpet in front of you and then tell you a story related to how it landed. Wow! And it is very cool. Like you know how in here of the reading of tea leaves. Yeah, I was going to say kind of tea leaves. So it's like... it's like that, but way deeper, and it is so incredibly profound in terms of its accuracy of what it was telling me about myself, where I'd been, even like afflictions of, you know, asthma came up in it and things like that. So it just blew me away to have this woman read to me. But she had had a connection to Credo Mutua, to this shaman. And so, yeah, we got to meet her. But while I was there, I had a, a really epic dream where Credo came into the dream. And he gave me a simple teaching which related to the album of Guy and Code that we're working on. So it was a really uh, really mystical goings-on when we went to Africa. We went to a sanctuary where they uh, look after big cats that have come from canned hunting or from circus or wherever. And they have a, a group of white lions there. And the white lions... Uh, one of the most mystical if not the most mystical beings on this planet uh, in the animal kingdom and queendom and these just being with these lions was incredible but the cool thing was before I we went to Africa I started to read a book by Linda Tucker called the um, what was it called the secret of the white lions or something anyway it's a Linda Tucker book on white lions. Yeah. And it talks about the mysteries of Africa, and Credo Mutua is in it, right. because she got all her teachings from Credo. Wow. So all this like cool thing all synced together. And then we went walking in the hills in Colorado, and I found an entire mountain lion skeleton what? while,
3: while right I was reading
2: went. this book. I have one of the bones here in my hat. Wow, That's one of its knuckle bones.
3: <laughs> and it's extremely rare to find a mountain lion and then intact. An actual thing intact. When he would show it to the locals, people were like, "Well, where did you find that? That is not common at all." Wow. These animals are, are yeah, they they tuck far away from humans, so wow. it was magical all the way around. This guy wow. needs to take the safety
0: Okay. Um, well, look, we um, I think we're just getting started. Some dialogue here, guys. It feels like that. Yeah, and that's. It's really humbling that you say that because that's exactly what I'm trying to do here. Mm. I want to, I want to keep this going, guys. Like I, yeah. you know, I think you, you are incredibly inspiring humans. And I think what you're doing is is really contributing in a real positive way mm. to humanity. And uh, to get the chance to to sort of try and get in deeper with the story has is, is been a real privilege and mm. I can feel that there's a lot more to it mm. and I can sense that you guys are just sort of getting some traction on how you guys go about
1: it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even
0: started touching on things so deep as, like, your relationship and <laughs> parenthood and
1: <laughs> things
0: that, like, I'm very personally really, really interested in and, yeah, yeah like, I would... Uh, I would really love to, to get into that stuff at, at some stage. But, yeah, we have just all been at a festival for a few days and we're in a teepee that's
1: <laughs> starting We'd to be taken,
0: taken down, down around down. us because <laughs> the festival's finished. And uh, so I, I, I guess out of respect for the teepee guy, we should we should probably yeah. wrap it up. Yeah. But um, do you, is there anything that you'd like to share just, just in closing?
2: Well... In the theme of deepening the story, I feel like it's something that I'd like to just encourage everyone right now to deepen their story, their own inner story and Mm. the story they tell to the world. Because we've been playing on the surface for so long. Mm. And, you know, this is also me echoing this to myself because I've played on the surface for so long. Mm. And uh, I've really felt comfortable being in a place of mm, being this ideal of, of humble or um, just, yeah, definitely deeper in my art but not wanting to really step up to the world and, and reveal that depth but I feel like right now is is a time where we need to do that collectively
0: It's really humbling to hear you say that, Yagan, because if you know, like for me when I sat in Alexandria Gardens in Melbourne. Mm. Like I felt like you were opening up your depth to me mm. 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 from the first track. You know, the, to to have somebody create a track in which I was being invited to create heaven or hell yeah. was to me like someone was sharing something of true depth mm. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to hear you say that, yeah. If, yeah, I, I believe you do a really good job of it, both of you guys,
1: mm.
0: and I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that you do, mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful that you're able to develop a process so that it can be sustainable for you, yeah. and if there's anything that I can ever do to support you on the journey, I get in touch. Thank you. So I'd love to continue the dialogue next time we get to yeah. see each other or yeah, whenever definitely. whenever we can cross paths. Yeah. But sure. I, I wish you all the best with the, the new album, and I look forward to feeling it.
1: Yeah. Awesome! Thank Experiencing
0: you. all the other works that you guys put out in the future as well. Thank so thank you guys very much. Great. We'll say goodbye. Thank you all thank for listening, you. and uh, listen out for the next installment. Excellent.
1: Yep.